It is a trend within the human race for generations to feud with one another. Essentially, the young and the old find fault with each other. And the millennial generation is no exception. Previous generations quite honestly despise the millennial generation, and even millennials despise other millennials. But every generation has its positives and its negatives. For this and many other reasons, I want to explain the millennial generation to you today. And I must warn you in advance, to have a discussion about a group consciousness, I must generalize. I want to begin this conversation at a high level. The millennial generation is a game-changer generation. They have come in to collapse one way of doing things and to rebuild a new way of doing things completely. They have also come to restore humanity to free will. This is part of why they have come to adulthood in the age of information, when there are so many choices. What they've come to do is to make it so that humanity does not follow the path of determinism. The path of determinism takes two roads. This is what it looks like. Either one generation does things this way, and the next generation does it the exact same way. That's deterministic. Another path of determinism is that one generation does it this way, and the other generation does it the exact opposite way. That's just rebellion, and in fact, rebellion is also determinism. I say that both are determinism because both are in fact a reaction. Now this is what has happened within the human race since the dawn of time, is this reactive pendulum swinging from one extreme to the other. And the swinging of extremes from one to the other both contain dysfunction. For example, the silent generation felt it was unwise to speak out and the baby boomers spoke out violently against things, expecting that doing so would improve things. The millennial generation was designed to get humanity out of this pendulum swing. So what we should think of them as is the cards are up in the air generation. They are the generation that is meant to see the shadows and change them. They are the generation that gets that the way things have been done will not work anymore. However, they ended up opting out of the game because of trauma and therefore contain shadows of their own. These shadows that exist within a millennial consciousness have to be seen and properly integrated. If they're not, then what's going to happen is the millennial generation will go down as the wounded generation. They're not going to be the ones to actualize this new earth that will be subsequent generations. And in fact, the millennial generation, if they don't integrate their shadows, is going to be... <laughs> deeply unfulfilled for the totality of their existence. All this being said, we cannot constructively look at these wounds that exist in the millennial generation without understanding and compassion. And it is understanding and compassion which are sorely lacking in the minds of most people who correctly identify the shadows that are inherent within the millennial generation. So with compassion and with understanding, I ask you to step forth into the space where I'm about to show you the causation of the millennial wound. If you are a millennial watching this, I want you to also approach what you're about to hear with compassion and understanding for yourself so that you can learn how to integrate these shadows into your being and step into the new earth you were meant to come here to herald. The millennials were born in the early 1980s to the mid 1990s. To understand them, you need to understand what happened in the world from 1980 to now. 
You must understand childhood for the child growing up in the 1980s and 1990s. There is no possible way without writing multiple books that I could cover the myriad of failed parenting methods that existed in the 1980s and 1990s. But what I want to do is to hit some key points here so you can get a brief overview of some of the causation of the wounding. Children before the 1980s were exposed to all kinds of detrimental parenting methods and failed parenting strategies also. But most parents were unconscious about this and simply put expectations on their children, assuming that the kids would magically meet those expectations and they would all pan out okay. But it's important to know that because of what was and also what wasn't happening within society at large, there was still a chance that even with failed or poor parenting methods, that a person could still carve out an adult life for themselves that was okay. In the 1980s, views about parenting methods actually changed members of the boomer generation started to recognize some of the detrimental effects of those failed parenting strategies that their parents had, and so what they did is they started looking for alternatives. It was the era of the parenting book. Some of the most detrimental parenting theories, such as parent power and sleep training, were born and employed at this time, and the detrimental parenting theories made into books only increased in the 1990s. The single-family home became the norm, and divorce skyrocketed. Because of this, children lost access to many of the emotional and self-esteem resources that previous generations had access to when it comes to meeting their needs. What I mean by this is that if you look at the boomer generation, they were running around in a neighborhood of kids, so those children all count as resources for emotional needs, and for mental needs, and even physical needs to be met. Um, before the single-family household, people were living with extended relatives. Each one of those relatives is another resource that a child has for meeting their emotional and mental and physical needs. So what happened in the 1980s and 1990s with this graduation away from that structure of society is that these children began to lose resources after losing resources after losing resources. Boomers raised their children with a blend of unconsciously exactly what their parents did and also nothing like their parents did. Unfortunately for them, instead of this leading to conscious parenting, this created a damaged generation with a lot of unmet needs. Essentially, parenting in the 1980s and 1990s was a very strange blend of careless and controlling. For example, in general, parents in the 1980s did not know what to feed their kids, and therefore fed them all kinds of things that destroy a child's health. Kids were left unsupervised for large chunks of time because there was lack of awareness about many of the dangers that parents are now all too aware of. This unsupervised play came with both benefits and dangers. At the same time, parents tended to be much more controlling in certain ways, hoping to be able to dictate the outcome of their child's adult life. Parents were rigid about their children's commitment to doing well at school, getting good grades, getting a good job, doing certain things with money, behaving in ways they thought would lead to social success, etc. Millennials were also raised with the carrot and stick, punishment and reward approach. The most important thing to understand about parenting in the 1980s and 1990s is that parents essentially indoctrinated their children with the idea that if their kids followed what they said to do, that there would be a carrot waiting at the end of that rainbow. Also, that if they didn't, meaning you don't go to school and get good grades and go to this college and do these things the way that I'm saying to do them, that it would mean consequences or pain. Now what happened with the millennial generation, these children, is that they jumped on that train. Okay, sure. And they committed their energy 
to doing exactly what mom and dad said. They did this not only to get approval from their parents, they did this because they genuinely believed that doing what their parents said would yield positive results for their future. And guess what? It didn't. It didn't big time. The millennials were dumped into adulthood with all forces against them. It's a little bit like a little birdie who's about to fly the nest, and when they do, they fly into a hailstorm. And guess what? That's a hailstorm that will last for the rest of their life. Not only did failed parenting methods mean that they entered adulthood with a lot of developmental delays, also they entered society at a time of financial collapse. Guess what? That financial collapse that they entered the workforce with is one of the worst in human history. And it's one we're still suffering from today. And it's one that just got compounded. They were told that getting good grades, going to a good college, getting this type of a partner, doing these things with their money would yield positive results. And guess what? It didn't. In fact, it led them to the very thing that they had been taught to try to avoid. Tuition cost so much that they had to take out massive student loans. They were told that having a job would soon take care of that, but even with a degree, they couldn't get jobs because there was a backup of the natural cycle of job progression to retirement. No one could retire. Overqualified people had to take jobs that they would not have considered before. The millennials were now competing in the workplace against their parents' generation and even grandparents' generation. Not only could millennials not compete against their resumes, they had not been brought up for competition in the first place. In the 1980s and 1990s, there was a massive push for equality. Why? Because that was a value that belonged to the boomer generation, many of whom participated in the Vietnam War efforts, in the hippie movement. Now, obviously, for a generation that loves equality, competition is going to be devalued. Parents and teachers encouraged equality. They did things like give out participation awards and discourage competition. So now, millennials found themselves in a highly competitive environment that they were unprepared for, had debt that they could not pay back, no use for their degrees, and had to go back into entry-level jobs that they had held before and during college. These were jobs where many had to hold two jobs just to pay the bills. They came to terms with the fact that they would most likely never be able to own a home or be able to afford to have kids. Many moved back in with their parents not because they wanted to, but because they felt it was either that or be on the street or be stuck on a hamster wheel working their asses off to afford the rent on a crappy apartment. Suddenly the payoff or reward that they were promised would come as a result of all their hard work and investment looked like what it was, a pipe dream a pipe dream they are still expected to go for and criticized for not achieving. And to make matters even worse, here we are in 2020, and the millennial generation is experiencing a re-traumatization relative to the COVID-19 pandemic, and most especially by those shutdown and control measures that were enacted by members of the previous generation who are currently in control in the government. Right now, many of the millennials who defied the odds, these are millennials that broke out of the pattern and started their own businesses, are now finding themselves in the exact same position that their fellow millennials have been in who have been stuck in crappy entry-level jobs forever. In other words, 
the people who are stuck in entry-level jobs in the millennial generation and who are on the hamster wheel never were able to achieve the things that they wanted. And here's the rest of the millennial generation, those that did actually achieve what they wanted. And all of a sudden, it's taken away. And guess what? Those millennials that were stuck on the hamster wheel, this COVID-19 situation just made everything in their life even worse than it already was. The overwhelming meaning that they are all taking out of it is this. I've been duped. What I was told is bullshit. It doesn't matter how hard I work or how many things I try to do right. I'm not in control of any of it. They, meaning the generations above me or others, can just make a decision that makes me totally powerless to never being able to achieve something or powerless to it being taken away just like that. Many of the shadows that belong to the millennial generation fall into this category of having been duped. Now the generations before the millennials, they genuinely had a more rosy outlook towards the future. They genuinely believed that things would improve. As a result, the millennial generation was sold an illusion. And because of this, they distrust authority now. They were indoctrinated with ideas about how to make society work that was fundamentally flawed to begin with. Essentially a game that was rigged against them by the very generation who they were supposed to be led into success by. This is where the millennial anger comes into play. Because there's a lot of people who comment about the fact that millennials just seem so angry at the previous generation. Like, what's your deal? Like, get over it. Like, we got over it. We're okay with our parents. Now, where previous generations could see some of the flaws and faults in their parents, they still had an attitude of, my parents did good enough that I'm now able to succeed in my life. That's what's changed with the millennial generation. The millennial generation feels completely set up for failure by the previous generation. There's a huge difference between recognizing that your parents did certain things wrong or the generation before you did certain things wrong and feeling like your parents or the generation before you literally set you up to fail. Millennials feel like they were set up for failure. They were set up for pain. Hatred arises from hurt. There's so much hurt in the millennial generation relative to the previous generation that there's actual hatred. And this COVID-19 pandemic actually revealed it because do you wanna know what happened when this hit? When this COVID-19 pandemic hit, there were many members in the millennial generation that were actually hoping that a virus would eradicate members of the generation previous to them so that they could stop being prevented from what they want. So they could stop being messed around with by a flawed game. Obviously, distrust is a natural reaction to being duped and or set up for failure. So the millennial generation is now an incredibly distrustful generation. They're a generation who's obsessed with authenticity and what's real and the truth. Millennials experienced investment of their energy in things as having no payoff whatsoever. For example, as little kids, they invested all of their energy into the family only to have divorce ruin the family. They watched their parents invest time in marriage and watched the marriage fail anyway. They put their energy into being the way that they were taught would guarantee them social success and saw that it only made them better slaves. They put their energy into school only to end up deeply in student debt and unable to get a job with their degree after graduation. They started small businesses only to lose them in this most recent pandemic. This is what burnout is all about. 
It's not about putting too much energy towards one thing. It's about putting so much energy towards something and having nothing pan out. That's why the millennial generation is the burnout generation. If you believe that investing your energy and effort into something is going to have no payoff, how invested are you going to be? Not very. The laziness that many people attribute to the millennial generation isn't laziness. It's lack of investment and engagement. By the way, focus is investment. <laughs> when you focus on something, you're invested in it. This is the reason why millennials have such a short attention span. This is an obvious issue when it takes investment and commitment to actually create anything. Millennials have a very hard time recognizing or believing that anything positive will come out of their effort, time, and investment. Because of this, they don't have a lot of patience because they don't believe in long-term payoff. I mean, would you after what I just described? <laughs> so it's immediate results of nothing. This is a deeply disillusioned and deeply cynical generation. Along the same vein, professionalism is something that people need to have incentive for. There has to be payoff to behaving professionally in order for someone to be professional. And so many of the elements of professionalism, like dressing well or doing a good job at a task or being reliable or keeping one's emotions in control, simply seem like control tactics rather than anything that really gets them any particular payoff. Seeing that nothing really panned out has done something interesting. It's thrown millennials into an existential crisis. Another way of saying this is it's thrown millennials into a quarter-life crisis. <laughs> they had to reassess their values. Now, the values that are held by millennials are not values that directly mirror the values of previous generations in the same way. But if you look at the millennial generation as a collective consciousness, their top values might actually surprise you. To generalize, they see good parenting as the most important thing. So much so that many of them will not be having children because they feel they can't be good parents for any number of reasons, ranging from emotional reasons to financial reasons, and even the belief in a poor prognosis for the future of Earth. The millennial generation is divided relative to relationships. They went one way or another way. <laughs> Either they decided that they were just going to commit to relationships where it was about casual sex or serial monogamy, or they went this way. They are so determined to solve the Rubik's Cube of how to make a relationship work <laughs> that it's like an obsession. They care about finding work that is meaningful and fulfilling right now, rather than putting their energy into something that may be painful or they don't want to do for a future payoff later. That's a huge shift within mankind's consciousness. Because they were told that putting their effort and energy into things in a certain way would yield positive results and they didn't, what the millennial generation woke up to was, wait a minute, they didn't actually do any of this for my best interests. They did it for their best interests. If every man is out for his or her own best interests, then it means that the law of the land is every man for himself. Now this is something that has caused members of the millennial generation intense amounts of pain, whether they're conscious of this awareness or unconscious of this awareness. They understood that everything in this world was narcissistic and that these narcissistic strategies for self-interest were going to play out against them. Now this is what they did. Instead of deciding to be loving and deciding that they were going to break that mold, they adapted. Now, the way the millennials adapted to that awareness that it's every man for himself is to say, all right, 
I want to become a shark too then. I guess the only person who's there for me is me. Naturally, they became hyper-focused on their own best interests and withdrew their loyalty to others. They became me, me, me. Like that was the only way they would ever get their needs met. This is a narcissistic way of being that makes it very hard for a millennial to be a functional member of a team. This is a drastic contrast to previous generations. Previous generations have held the perspective that to be a success and to feel good, they had to work hard at creating and preserving relationships no matter the cost. The millennials have seen this as exactly what screwed them. So they have the reverse mentality. To be a success and feel good, you have to fight for your own best interests and keep loose connection to people and things. Looking at all this, we come to this second major wounding within the millennial generation. Remember that they put all their energy into something working super hard, but they attained nothing as a result? That sounds familiar. Somebody else works really hard for no return. Oh yeah, slaves! Millennials truly feel the following. They were duped into becoming a slave to the system. They see that they're on a hamster wheel. And that's a hamster wheel they're unlikely to ever be able to get off of. And that them being on that hamster wheel benefits someone else. They see workforce competition and incentives programs as a ploy on behalf of authority figures to simply make them better slaves. Most of the shadows that have been ascribed to millennials, like entitlement, the demand to be seen as important and to be recognized, the complete rejection of hierarchy, and their lack of loyalty and investment within companies are the result of this slavery perception that they hold. The life experience of the average millennial has been imbued with powerlessness a belief in their own incapacity, and therefore low self-esteem. Now when somebody feels powerless, incapable, and has a low self-esteem, then they believe that the things they want aren't really in their hands. Meaning they're not the ones who can actualize it. It's somebody else who can actualize it. So what the average millennial does is to take what's their responsibility, my own ability to make what I want to happen, and they put it in somebody else's hands because they believe that it's there in the first place. They do this with anyone who they feel has more power in a given situation. This is what other people are calling entitled, right? You've heard that. Millennials are the entitled generation. Well, we gotta understand entitlement, right? Entitlement happens when you don't believe you can create something for you. So someone else has to. Yeah, you're the one who can create this pay raise for me. You're the one that can create the life I want. I can't do it. So if you aren't doing it, then you're screwing me. I'm not saying that their perception is accurate, but you have to understand the millennial perception in order to understand them in a workplace. To understand the millennial in a workplace, you have to imagine that you're a slave and you're expected to be a slave for the rest of your life and that your boss is a slave owner. If that was the lens through which you are seeing the experience, here's some questions I would ask you. What would you be sensitive to? How would you act? Either you will enter a company and fight for your own best interests and expect your needs to be the responsibility of your boss and always be on the lookout for how you're being used and exploited and remain unattached and uninvested because there's nothing actually in it for you long-term or you will exit the system entirely and become your own boss. Millennials play a mean zero-sum game. The reason that they do this, and by the way, for those of you that don't know what zero-sum game is, it's I win and you lose. 
They play a mean zero-sum game because they believe the companies or the bosses or others to be playing one with them already. For example, they walk into a company already expecting that the company is playing the zero-sum game against them. The zero-sum game being, I want to make you a slave. Remember that a slave is someone who works for almost no and therefore an unfair return. One thing I have to get you to get is that there is no work-life balance for millennials. I mean none. What millennials desire is a real reworking of what is a fair exchange for their time and energy so that they can actually, oh, and a reworking of economy as well, so that they can actually attain those things that they want. That house, that feeling state, those things, that existence, without having to endlessly run themselves to death on a hamster wheel that's never going anywhere. Because of all this wounding that I've just explained, millennials are absolutely obsessed with freedom. Obsession with freedom might actually be an understatement. They refuse hierarchy, and they perceive commitment to be fruitless. Because of all of this, they also tend to hate rules, because rules are restrictive. And rules exist, remember, not for their benefit, but for the benefit of other people against them, right? So this can make it very, very hard to work with them on teams. Because this is the way things are done, or because I said so, is not going to cut it for the millennial generation. It's not gonna happen, especially in the information age. In defiance, many millennials operate from a mentality of the rules don't apply to me. Now this has an upside and a downside. This means that millennials can be rule breakers. How does this go positive? They're incredible innovators. A person who's like, the rules don't apply to me, can be the thing that changes everything. They're the ones that change the game. To the opposite, what's the negative? They can wreak societal havoc. As a result of this, many millennials have embraced shadow freedom. Now this is what is frustrating a lot of people looking at the millennial generation, even millennials frustrated with other millennials. What shadow freedom is all about is it's a reactivity to imprisonment. It's a reactivity to lack of freedom. It's not in and of itself free will. It's not an in alignment form of freedom. Some examples of shadow freedom are refusing to commit to anything, or better said, commitment to non-commitment, refusing to assume responsibility for anything, remaining unattached and uninvested so you can change course at the drop of a hat, choosing to be the king of a country with only one citizen rather than a lower ranking member of a larger kingdom, etc. Many millennials have gotten to a point, and many more are getting there right now in this recent pandemic situation, where they're looking at their life and what they're seeing is that no amount of energy that they put towards anything is ever going to guarantee for them to get those things that guarantee them a good life. It's basically futile. And what happens when a person in any generation, right now as millennials, sees this, is that some of them give up. These people who give up, they develop an attitude of, what's the point? Now, when you are walking through life with an attitude of, what's the point? You just drop going for any future goal, and it all becomes about instant gratification, in the form of distraction and even addictions. Millennials who have reached this point can feel quite lost and fickle, and float from one job to the next, and from one passion to the next, and one relationship to the next. They're also exhausted. 
Suffering the burnout of feeling lied to and taken advantage of and having so fully committed to a pipe dream only to figure out it was a pipe dream too late. A pipe dream that they are still expected to be committed to despite the fact that it's never going to pan out. Most feel they will be paying the consequences for believing their parents and getting on that hamster wheel forever. The level of distress in the average millennial's life is not sustainable, and they have turned to all kinds of detrimental coping mechanisms, including addictions as a result. Now, if you'd like to look into that, you can go ahead and look up the research. The research shows that the millennial generation has more stress and distress as a part of their day-to-day life than any generation in history. I find that particularly distressing, seeing as how other generations were drafted. They were in wars. This is the first pandemic that's ever happened to the human race, even though what's happening is unprecedented. So if the millennial generation is the most stressed out generation, we've got a serious issue on our hands. On top of all of this, they are also shamed and guilted for turning out distrustful turning out entitled, which by the way, they see as simply fighting to not be taken advantage of. Impatient, self-concerned, which they see as just common sense in a world where everyone is in it for themselves. Uninvested, demanding equality and truth, etc. Bottom line is the millennials are struggling and the baby boomer generation has not passed the baton in any way. And this is also what's frustrating the millennial generation. They're being told that they have to be adults, but they're also being treated like they aren't adults. When the baton is not passed, they have no actual control over the society that they live in. The previous generation has all the control still, but tells the millennial generation, grow up. Millennials perceive themselves to be on a hamster wheel to becoming a slave. Now, millennials have one of three reactions to this. Either one, they try to win that game of the hamster wheel. Two, they get off the hamster wheel entirely. Or three, they stand up to the slave master. And many of the millennials who have succeeded have done so by going rogue. And this is the aspiration that many other millennials have, is to go rogue. In other words, if you can't fix the system and you can't win at the system, pull your energy out of it and destroy the damn thing. And on top of this, millennials essentially invented social media. Now, there are many positives to social media. Social media and the various positives and negatives involved could be a whole topic in and of itself. So without getting deeper, I just simply have to say that social media has a way of reinforcing millennial shadows, such as the tendency to not form deep, meaningful relationships and coping through social media addiction. And it means that not only are millennials suffering from everything I have just described, they also fall prey to the illusion that they're the only ones that can't make it work, that are suffering from everything I have just described in this episode. People's social media accounts aren't full of pictures of them getting fired, aren't full of pictures of them not being able to pay off student debt. What are they full of? They're full of images that make it look like everyone else is succeeding. In other words, social media has compounded the millennial wound by everyone giving the impression that everything is awesome except for you. This means millennials are struggling from loneliness in a big way and also the shame of feeling like they alone aren't making anything work. Millennials are struggling as a result of staying in a system they were meant to replace. They have one foot in and one foot out. 
Millennials must understand the wounds they carry and seek to heal them, so their life is not simply a reaction, and so they can step into their universal purpose. Anyone who works with Millennials must understand these wounds and help them to develop the skills they have disowned because of those wounds. Essentially, all of society has to understand these wounds and understand that these wounds have to be worked with, not just try to expect Millennials to act different. Until Millennials heal these wounds, instead of being controlled by them, they will struggle to create this new society. And it is this new society that the world so desperately needs. So hopefully, for those of you that ask the question, what's wrong with Millennials? I just gave you an answer. And if you're interested in understanding how to heal these wounds, I'll be doing an episode next week, How to Heal the Millennial Generation. Have a good week. If you liked this video, be sure to share it, like it, and also subscribe to my channel so you can see more content like this. But I want to personally thank you for taking the initiative and having the bravery to step into the space of awareness, not only for yourself, but for the benefit of those around you.